Hi, this is Pete and Tim, and it's record time. We often listen to music in a disconnected stream of different songs. The radio, DJs, playlists on shuffle. That's how they all work. Doling out one random artist after another. And we often listen on the go. Music rarely gets our full attention. But it does on record time, where we dive deep into some of the best albums ever recorded. So let's give a little time and our full mind over to the vision of a single musical artist. This week, that artist is Courtney Barnett, and the album is Sometimes I Sit and Think and Sometimes I Just Sit. And for those who like a liquid accompaniment to their active listening, we've paired this record with some fat cans of Fosters. And you can too. Yes, I am your host, Tim. And I'm your other host, Pete. And let's, uh, let's rock. <laughs> we have to rock with this particular <sighs> album. Ugh. Probably the least well-known album we've done so far. Although, I don't know, maybe Willie is a little less known than... Maybe. Yeah. But still very well-known. Um, and she did just come out with a new record, Indeed. which is now, like, you know, tops in the indie rock scene. Yep. Uh, Courtney Barnett. Mid twenties, Australian. Yes, uh, this is her 2015 debut record, uh, which debut she, full length. Yes, full yep, length. She had, she had an EP prior, but this was her full length record, and uh, there's a lot to love about this particular record. There is. Yeah, um, it is a snapshot yep. of a person's life. There are grandiose concept albums, and we've talked about a couple of those already. Indeed. Um, but some records are like a diary. Are yeah. there are what a, a, a an artist's where they are in their career, in their musical journey in that time, yeah. and and that's what this album is, and yeah. it, it's unapologetically so. And I've grown to really appreciate it yeah. uh, in a lot of ways because of her unique voice, and I feel like that's what really makes a record. Yeah. Um, and so it's easy to say like, oh, she sounds like Patti Smith or she sounds like Cheryl Crow. And again, right. it's very reductive to only you know associate her with women. She clearly likes Nirvana. Right, right. <laughs> she likes 90s grunge. But I also feel like there's like a Bob Dylan aspect. Absolutely. Dylan jumps to mind uh, because, again, the volume of the lyrics, the accessibility and this sort of elevation of the mundane that she's talking about. <laughs> right. There's so yeah. much of the these just little nuggets of of little tiny meaningless things that happen in her day that make it into these really em emotionally kind of raunchy and unbridled songs yes uh and it's it's strange to talk about a mundane thing in the midst of unbridled raunch but uh it really really works for me on this album I agree. so just from beginning to end yeah there's um, details and that that's really what makes it is all of the little details yeah. uh and there's countless details uh and whether she intends for all these details to kind of hit the way that they do um to to work at some larger metaphor or whatever like doesn't really matter it, right. it, it feels like a snapshot in time it yeah. feels like where she is in her life yeah and it feels very real and genuine and and she puts me there yeah and and i find myself uh at times just wondering uh, almost to the degree of like why bother but how did she imagine to place these little pieces together to create this little mosaic. You know, how did she jam in all these different little tiny corners? And how did she do it, frankly, so fucking 
cool. Like she is so cool. Yeah, she's very I, cool. I mean, the yeah. the line of the album in my mind, and, and I feel like it's early to get to this, but the, the line of the album in I my have mind mine as well. Go ahead. And and I wonder if it's the same. I have like a, a small amount of confidence that we landed on the same line. Mm. I, I can't remember. This is Stones worthy. This is like as this is Led Zeppelin worthy. Uh, the the origami line. Give me all your ma- give me all your money, and I'll make some origami, honey. It's so good. And and where yeah. it sits in that like aggressive yeah. song. Now I don't know. Did you listen to a, or did you read up a lot about how this album was recorded? Oh yeah, so cool. I mean, this is my favorite kind of thing. Yeah, you know, like one of my all time albums is the Black Crows Southern Harmony and Musical Companion, mm-hmm. and this is a, that was done, you know, in a week in a garage. Just just pounding it out. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's an and and there and you can tell that's a wow a very similar sort of energy in that album. Um, obviously, musically very different. Yes. Um, but energy wise, yeah, this album, none of these songs. The the she, she wanted that energy, and she didn't. They didn't rehearse for more than a couple weeks. Like all of this stuff was very new, and that song, pedestrian at best, that was the. When she recorded it, like, that was the first time she sang it out loud. I was so impressed to hear that. I was so <laughs> impressed to hear that. Now, my uh, Courtney Barnett story, I, 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 Dave must have actually found her. I didn't yeah. find her. She found her way to me because I was lucky enough to score a ticket to the rehearsal of the season finale of SNL in, in 20. Oh, my God. You saw her 15. episode on so, SNL. So I saw her with Fred Armisen. Uh, and, and so, I, and I knew wow, she, that's awesome. so I didn't know anything about her. I was just like, oh, yeah. I'm going to this show and the artist is, is Courtney Barnett. So I'm going to, uh, check her out. And, and that's how I found my way to her album. Um, and what'd she play? She played Pedestrian Best. She did. And she played, uh, it didn't come off well Yeah. to me in the audience. It was, um, I could, I didn't identify it as such. I'd been listening to the album for a week or two. Oh, and, really? And I, wasn't hundred percent sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Now, uh, you know that is a television studio, and we were sort of swung out around the other side, and um, it is not the best acoustics there. I was, um, yeah, I was going to ask, like, how is it to see? Um, I hate to, you know, it's. A, I think it's an interesting digression. Like, what is it like? To, sure. To see a show there. So it is. I've I've seen two episodes of Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw the most '90s episode you could possibly see. Uh, previously, which was um, uh, Quentin Tarantino was the host oh, and God. Smashing Pumpkins was the oh, musical my, I guest. I remember that episode. So this is basically the 90s. Yeah, yeah. SNL, <laughs> Smashing Pumpkins, and Quentin Tarantino <laughs> basically covered the 90s. Will Ferrell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It was <laughs> Ter- super fun. Sherry O'Terry. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think they did the uh, Professors oh, in the hot tub. Yeah, God. Oh, oh my God. I remember that episode. Yeah. But anyway, so to, to hear a band there, because I feel like, I mean, I mentioned this before, that... SNL has been such a uh, yes. guiding force of musical discovery totally. over the years. Yeah, that's how I discovered Elvis Costello. That yep. like I, I, I can't even begin to rattle off all of the artists that, it, and I, and I feel like in a way SNL is a bit of a litmus test for your musical chops. Mm. Like you can either put a performance across on that show or you can't. Yeah, and whether or not it's a fair litmus test is an is a debate for another time. But I do feel like there are musicians that either really impress yeah. or kind of land flat. Yeah, I um I wasn't I was much more impressed with the album than with the live performance. Okay. Now, that's yeah. a very obviously these gigs are 
these SNL gigs or even any other talk show, I'm sure it's the same on any other talk show, where you're going zero to 60 and then stopping, right? Because you're just like launching into a song, playing the song, and then stopping. Yeah. Um, and I, I've done enough performing of music to know that that's not fun. No, 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 no. <laughs> that's not easy or fun. Yeah. Um, even for a pro. Right. So um, you need time to warm up and kind of get in there. Right. I mean, there's it's a performance. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, even yeah. I get it. Suffice it to say, it's it's hard to do zero to sixty and then slamming on the brakes. Um, I, yeah, I I I didn't. Connect with her on the performance at all. Okay. But again, I was in the balcony. I was off to the side over on basically the other side of the stage. When I saw Smashing Pumpkins, I happened to be right in front of them. That was really fun. Cool. And I knew their music a lot better. Right. Um, you know, that was um, so then, melancholy and everything. So there's a, they were huge at that point. God, um, melancholy, right. But the album I loved from the first time I heard it, um, she was much... I don't know. Do you ever see REM live? I never did. So one weird thing about them is that they're much heavier live Ooh. than they come off on their albums, their mm-hmm. personality. And I think despite this sort of Green Day-ish, Nirvana-ish sound, the raunch that I really love about this album, um, she came off as heavier and with, with much more sort of punk cred um, in her live you know, quick hits that I saw the two songs. I okay. can't remember what her second song was. Yeah. And I've watched a bunch of YouTubes of her performing and she's very much, it's a power trio aspect. Yeah. Uh, this record, she, it is her band. Right. Plus, well, it, it's a power trio plus another, like what I would call a stunt player, guitar okay. player. Um, then he, I guess he, he toured with her for a little bit, but all of the live performances I saw were all just her and a trio. It's her yeah. bass and drums. And that's a formidable thing to, 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 uh, to accomplish. Yeah, I think she is, you know, to use a phrase, just to borrow a phrase from politics, I think she claims some time on this album. Oh, yeah. I think she stands up and says, you know, that that her perspective and this perspective like hers matter, which of course they do, yeah. but, they, but they haven't seen a place as often. I mean, you have like Slater Kinney and you have all these different, you know. Oh, another great, yeah, yeah. association. So, so, right. there, so there's lots of uh, people in that space but I don't know. Um, I don't know. There's a simplicity of this one. It's ambitiously accessible in my mind. It is, um, even though it's raunchy, even though it's got static. You know, it's it's just cool as shit. Yeah. Well, I, I was my line of the album. Yeah. Same song. Okay. My internal dialogue is saturated analog. Yeah. It Beautiful. is. Oh. Yeah. So good. And I will say, like, as a songwriter, I aspire to achieve what she appears to do effortlessly. Yes. Well, that's certainly <laughs> it, right? This seems like internal monologues. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's no other way she could have done it, and yet they've got to be really balanced and really carefully parsed out. Yeah. And, you know, to, to fit their way into these, you know... And that's... Yes, exactly. And that was part of what I was struggling with, like, listening to this as a musician, is what is she contributing? Like, is she a lyricist mm-hmm. with a guitar? Mm-hmm. Um, is she a musician? Does she have anything musical to say? Um, and at first I think, you know, and again, in that first blush, listen, where I was very judgmental about it, I didn't, I wasn't convinced. Um, but you know, I, I, we were, we wanted to, to find the right next (laughs) track on our record of this season uh, of shows. And, and so we came to this record and, and I, 
thought, okay, let's, let's go for it. And I think in, in listening to it and getting into it and then learning about her story, yeah, it, it really helps. Uh, yeah. And it, it really paints the full picture. And, and, and uh, I'm really glad that I gave her a chance because um, I, I think that it's really paid off. And I have a lot of respect and admiration for her talent. And the new album is great. We're going to stick with this album, but the new I don't know how much time you've spent with the new album. Um, I have listened to it. It's lovely. Yeah, it's good. Um, yeah, it's yeah. really good. Because that's one of the things. This is a youthful album, and maybe right. that was part of what I was responding to as well. Is like, it is very youthful. It's like a person in their 20s. It's yep. like she's, she's young. She borrowed money from her grandmother to start a record right. label. Right. And again, and you got to appreciate anyone who in the, that early in their life uh, has such a vision that they right. said, this is what I want to do. Grandma, give me the money. To I'm have go the, do this. To have the knowledge that she could hide the songs from the band in order to get an effect, that to me is a very impressive stance for yeah. somebody who's putting together their first full-length album. It's, it's a really, really cool idea, and it really worked. It's I'm very like, mature. Yeah. And then, of course, now learning about her, I learned that like she like hassled her parents to buy a guitar when she's 10. She was a lefty, so she learns, first learned on righty guitars upside down. Beautiful. So she knows how to play both lefty guitars and righties upside down. Brilliant. Um, she plays without a pick, so she does pure finger picking style. Um, and she has a, like I watched her hands and she's got, you know, it's it's a relatively common she uses her thumbnail as a, or her uh, fingernail as a pick and that sort of thing, but it's all with her fingers. Wow. And I think that adds a lot of character to her sound. You don't know you don't hear a lot of gu- guitar players doing that. Uh, most play with a pick. There's something about playing with your fingers that adds a lot of extra like little artifacts and, mm-hmm. and squel- squelchy things and stuff. And I think that it gives her playing a lot of character. Uh, that's, I think, what I tend to refer to as raunch. Yeah. Like, okay. Right. It's just a little. Indul- it's just a little mess. A little messy, but not in a bad way at all. It's just a little frayed and ratty and raunchy. I don't know. I I, I love it. It's a it's yeah. a total compliment of mine for music. I love yeah. when music sounds raunchy to me and and i think that's what i'm after that when definitely I, contributes when to i describe that yep. w- one thing that i thought was really impressive about this is though it's an aggressive album um and it's loaded with with words and it's loaded with um you know power pop uh almost uh chord progressions and very simplistic stuff it also it, it hooked me i mean when I was first getting into this album, days and days after I'd listened to it, I'd be singing little you bits of melody. Can't see me, I can't see you. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's just very little little parts of this song or that song would just stay with me for days. Yeah, and when you while I'm listening to it, I'm not noticing these hooks. But they just kind of sneak back up on me later, and to me, that's a real sign of a, yep. of a strong album. Now, a real grabber. Yeah, it doesn't have the kind of structure. We spent a lot of time, I think, in the last two episodes talking about structure, really ambitious and epic structure and symmetry to the album. And I don't think there's a lot of that here. I think this is like a rollout of songs that just all. I mean, I did notice that there's sort of there's like two aggressive ones, then we kind of get three more chill. Then four aggressive, and then the final two chill, which yeah. I, I really want to talk about those yeah, last two. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because Oof. I, I have some sort of, over on one side of me, I have some issues with the way the album ends, and then on the other side of me that is not really that active anymore, that is very nostalgic, I feel like it's exactly right. Yeah. And I think that gets back to what you were saying. It's a youthful album. Mm-hmm. We are not youthful, you and I. Not yeah, yet. yeah, yeah. We, we have youth, but we... But we have been there for a while. Right. Um, so 
so I think the the way the album well we'll get to that anyway cool but um yeah I don't think that it's got the epic structure that the last couple of albums that we've talked about no nor does it need to it's a collection of songs it's a snapshot in time but I think it has a fun relationship to the Willie Nelson album in that it is also a depiction of a band and their performance um it is it is a band yep Laying it down. Yes. And it very much sounds like they're in the same room, much like Willie and his band. And you can even hear, with a couple exceptions, you can even hear it mixed that way. Like the drums and the bass are straight down the center. Mm-hmm. Courtney's guitar is on the left. Yep. And then the stunt player, uh, I, I want to shout out his name. because Yeah, why not? His name is Dan Luscombe. He's on the right. Um, and so it's almost as if you're standing there watching them play a gig. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it, that's consistent. So it makes me think like that's a deliberate choice either by Courtney or by her mixing engineer, whoever to be like, I'm putting Courtney over here. I'm putting Dan over here. And you know, the bass and drums are in the middle where they typically are in a mix. Yeah. And like, there's the band Yeah. and it's a band's performance and it has a lot of energy to it. Uh, and it really feels like a, a band just kind of laying it down. And I, and again, like you say, she had the foresight to, not overwork these tunes. Yes. Uh, the It's really just the four of them. There are barely any overdubs at all. Right. I think there's only... Uh, Debbie Downer, I think, is the only song that has any substantial uh, overdubs at all. Huh. Uh, everything else is just the band. Is that the one with the organ? Yeah, I think so, right? Yeah. That's... Uh, I think that's... Yes. Um, but so... That, that's it's a collection of songs it's a band performing yeah uh and i mean that's a great thing to hear nowadays where you feel like so much music right now is it's it's the age of the producer yes uh everything is sliced and diced and curated and put on a grid and i mean i'm sure they play to a click track i don't hear any obvious auto-tune no um, but there may be um she certainly didn't perform with it yeah <laughs> uh, live i'll tell you that much yeah um I, I'm glad you mentioned the production because I do think that the production, it, you know, I think that the lyrics and the the songs themselves sparkle, but I do think that yes. the production is the unsung hero oh, of this yes. album. Because, really good. Because it's, it's messy music presented very clean. And that's, I think, what I was talking about earlier about it being a very accessible sort of pop feel to the album even though the music is not pop yeah um it just it's clean yeah um and again that's one of the reasons why i think this album was so eminently playable yeah um you know i think you could easily have these sound these songs sound uh less enjoyable um but i think the production was not ambitious they had clear set of goals they wanted to deliver these songs cleanly to us and that's kind of you know what i look for I yep, guess. agreed. Yeah. yeah, it is really nice and bright. Uh, the bass is very clear. Mm-hmm. It's very full spectrum. Yep. Um, it's but and but everyone's part is very, uh, particularly bright. I mean, I really feel like the high end is really nice. Um, I think it's probably mixed for earbuds. You know. Yeah. Well, she <laughs> to, sings for earbuds too. Yeah. And, and her voice has a lot of texture to it when she needs it. Her voice is really compelling. I think it is. Um, but she knows also how to make it just like a sawtooth wave, yeah. you know, like really just like, you know, like on yes. uh, in order to rise above the mix. And that's that's I, I think a, an impressive quality is when you have a voice that's strong enough to really carry over a loud thrashing rock band. Yeah. Not everybody can do that. No. And a lot of people do it in a way that's like really shrill yeah. or they're pushing their voice too much. Uh, and she does it. She like just has this nice kind of sawtooth waves, so like even tones, but with a lot of power behind it. It's really not until um, 
uh, you know, four or five songs into it where you hear any subtlety in her voice and where you realize like, oh yeah, she actually is a is a singer singer. <laughs> yeah, once we get to Depreston, yeah, you can tell that she can put the honey on when she wants to. Yes. And she's got a sexy voice. And you know, one thing that that is kind of odd to me, I don't know. <laughs> You can hear her accent, and I and I feel I, I say that with within the first three lines, right? And you can hear it in every song, and I think it's kind of rare, yeah, for singers with accents, British accents, Irish accents. I mean, you know, uh, sometimes they shine through in the songs, but so often the singing seems to iron out the accent, and I don't hear that here, and it's. Awesome. The other yes. thing that kind of goes with that, I agree. Yeah. Um, it, it's such a nice texture to hear these different sort of turns and curves in her voice where, they, where the accent really shines through. The other thing that's great is thanks to the volume of her lyrics, I, I don't mean the volume like sound, I mean the volume like the massive <laughs> amount of lyrics, <laughs> she hits on some really funny kind of non-English English words that aren't familiar where it kind of, you know, I bump on it and it kind of makes me it just takes me into the story more. It does. And I don't know if that's different for me than it is for most people. Maybe that would divert some people. But to me, when I hear a word uh, <clears throat> that I don't recognize, like, uh, you know, that I skim read in a surgery, I'm um, thinking about, I'm like, oh, yeah, right now, surgery. That means like a waiting room, like yeah. a hospital. But yeah. Not like she's under the knife. Yep. <laughs> you know. And hey, she, she even calls out Vegemite. Right, right, exactly. Um, you can't be an Australian musician without mentioning Vegemite in your song, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's her debut. She needs to get it out of the she way. She needs to get it out of the way. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And again, she is a master of those details. So in the end, is she a lyricist with a guitar? Is she a guitarist with, with an imagination uh, for lyrics? She's both. Uh, and yeah. she's a good singer, and she's a, she's a good band leader. And, and I think that that's uh, a formidable a formidable task for anybody is to go up there and just be like, what's up? Yeah, I'm going to thrash my way through this set yeah. and own it. And she owns it. She does. She thrashes her way through the first two songs. It's a wonderful one-two punch to the album. Yeah, should we just dive in? Yeah, why not? Oh, right. Why not? So, you know, let's, uh, let's get right in there. There's not even an intro to this song. It's like verse one, she is there letting you have it. Yeah, uh, and it's a great energetic song. Uh, it, she's right there immediately with uh, wonderful details and 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 humor. It feels like she could never keep this pace up, from from like the first, you know, few seconds of the first song. You think like, whoa, how is she going to keep this up through the whole album? And in fact, track two increases that pace. It jacks it up. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. So um, we start with Elevator Operator, the depiction of a dude in his early 20s who wants to kill himself. Right. And I just love that, you know, yeah, she she Graves is jealous about his, his, his skin. <laughs> you know, again, right there, immediately it's personal. Like, hey, like, you think you have it so bad? Like, I wish I had what you had. Yeah. And it's, it's instantly this, you know, I feel like... Um, Ben Folds writes a lot of sort of beautiful pictures of people yeah. in a lot of his music. And, and you know, none of them are nearly as detailed as this essay on Oliver Paul, um, <laughs> who, who we don't know at all, and we get his name right away, and then we just get into his life. And, you know, like every other song on this album, you can dive into the lyrics if you want, or you can just sit back and let the song wash over you. Yeah. I love the the keys. I love the sort of um, build. This is, you know, for me, 
I'm a sucker for a song that has a nice build in the chorus and um, you know continues to kind of take you up and down and just ride the emotion of the song and it's it's all I would ever want from a from a lead off song. It's don't a lead off hitter. It's fast ball, don't and it hits for average. <laughs> it does, and it, but it does. It, I think it really achieves more than average. Like because she's really there with the details. Um, one of my favorite songwriters is Tom Waits, and I yeah. remember a uh, an interview that he did on Fresh Air where he said uh, every good song uh, needs a you know a place and a, and a boat and something to eat. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just so classically Tom Waits, but also here it is: breakfast on the run again. Yep. Uh, there's places, the Swanston commuters. Yep. Uh, she really has an ear and eye for the details, yep. and and uh, you know maybe there's not a boat, but there's trains, um, and she puts you right in a in a place uh, in a depiction. And it's what I think is interesting is while this is in a lot of ways a very personal record, again a snapshot of an artist in time. This song's not about her. She has a commentary. She's a narrator. She has a point of view. Right. But it's about somebody else. Yes. Uh, and and so you she sets herself up right away as a storyteller. Uh, right. And but I think it's somebody pretty... she look. I mean, whether she's met this guy or written this guy, she knows him. Right. So it's it's not just not about her. I mean, it, you you write what you know. Mm-hmm. So so the assumption with this level of detail. Um, I mean, she's just successfully acquainted with this. Yeah, it wouldn't be as good a song if she didn't know what she was talking about. So yeah, it's not about her, but I mean, in some ways, it's got to be right. And just that description of that woman, I just have to read it. A lady walks in and waits by his side. Her heels are high and her bag is snakeskin. Hair pulled so tight you can see her skeleton. Vicar's perfume on her breath, a tortoise shell necklace between her breasts. She looks him down with a Botox frown. He's well used to that look by now. It's brilliant. I I see her. Yeah, perfectly. Uh, yeah, it it's gorgeous. Yeah, and I absolutely. I mean, I've <laughs> I've had the unfortunate moment of listening to that song as I'm waiting for an elevator, <laughs> <laughs> which gets a little uncomfortable because I'm kind of looking around for her. Oh, funny. <laughs> or him. Yeah. And is it, uh, it does it mean anything that elevator operator is like not a job and that's what he, what he wants to do? Like, you know, that that's not been a thing that you can actually do as a career for 30 years. I don't even know if that's really a thing. Maybe it's just meant to be a lark. Like, I don't want to do the thing where I, that I'm doing that I'm sitting on my computer. I want to do this other thing. I, so I want I to follow of, a dream. I sort of take it, I'm not sure I've given it much thought <laughs> until now, but I sort of take it as he wants, to, he doesn't want to be... Uh, toiling at the thing that was for nobody. He wants to help he wants people to help get others. places. That's he wants fair. to take people to places. Yeah. Right? Um, and yeah, that's not, uh, there's not a lot of money in it. Nope. That, jo- that job doesn't exist anymore. Not anymore. It's hard to find a, a way to get paid doing that. Um, but that's <laughs> what he's grappling with. Yeah, I'd give anything to have skin like you. So funny. Uh, and yeah, the keys that you mentioned, it's a keyboard. Um, so stunt guitar player is not playing guitar on the first tune. I mean, it could be Courtney, I'm not sure, but it's right. like a really distorted kind of uh, electric piano kind of sound that's yeah, right like there a- just to support her. I mean, her guitar is front and center. It's almost a bluesy kind of riff that she's mm-hmm. doing. Um, you know, her like her musical vocabulary is very much in the singer-songwriter mode. Yeah. Uh, or in the yeah three chords and a truth. Yeah, it, totally. She doesn't need a lot of sophisticated harmony. That's not where she is as a musician. Right. Um, and that's you know not the what that she's trying to put across. Um, so it it in some ways it is a bed for her storytelling. 
I agree. But but uh, I don't mind it at all. No, not at all. Because the storytelling is more than adequate. Yeah. Um. I yeah. mean, it's it's transcendent. And I, and it's it it is uh, made better by the music. Yeah. So it's the two working together uh, that really make it. Yeah, you're reminding me of the frame of um, Sunday in the Park where the pointillism is reversed on the very edges before it gets to the frame oh. in order to kind of transition yes. and uh, give a little brace to the frame right. and, and the art inside the frame. Oh, okay. I feel like there's a similar relationship between the music and the lyrics in this situation. Interesting. The music being the frame. And, Whoa. Yeah. Very interesting. Well. So then here we go. Segway. Seamless. Uh, elevator operator is almost like a half song. It's like a two, you know, a very long verse, a chorus, another very long verse, and a chorus, and then an immediate squelchy segue into pedestrian at best, the one that was the loosest, yeah. uh, the one that was probably added at the end, yeah. the, the last, or at least not one that she had worked on until very late. Right. Uh, and ends up being one of the standout tracks in the record. Big time. Yeah. Probably my favorite track. If I had to leave, if I had to take only one track... It's probably that or the the following track. Oh yeah, um, but for very different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, pedestrian at best is it's um, like her Nirvana roots. Yeah, writ, writ large. Yeah, and it, and it has the ability to meet you at your emotion. Um, you know, it it's one of those songs when you're feeling a large moment, uh, that song can kind of come in and support you in that. Um, cause it is, it is relentless and it's loud and it steps things up from a place that I was not, I would not have thought that she would go more aggressive with track two yeah. based on hearing track one. Right. Um, but she certainly did and it works perfectly. It does. It and it, but it's, but it, in a way that is like, um, more unhinged, <laughs> Yep. you know, she's ranting. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's how it came off. I mean, this is one of the ones she did at SNL Yeah. and it was, uh, it was a lot for that kind of space. It, it is. A, it was a lot for a zero to 60 song. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, you know, listening to the album, I think it's the right song to do. Yeah. But it's tough for those circumstances. Um, can't say that I loved it live, but man, do I listen to it over and over on tape. And she really sticks it in yeah. the vocal, especially knowing that it was the first time she sung it. Because I watched, you know, en- enough live performances of, of this that like... It really does help if you really stick it, especially yeah. that funny. It's, yep. I think it's hard to do at 90 miles an hour energy, uh, but it really helps when you stick it. And this is a re- really great feature for her kind of singing. Her accent is really out there. It feels very 70s punk. Yep. Uh, where, where you know, especially British punk singers started to unapologetically show their accents. Yeah. Uh, again, I think. They hid them before because they were trying to mimic American artists. Sure. And, and so it was kind of the cultural style to, to blend in. Yeah. Uh, but then I think it was punk where they started to open that up and be like, yeah, whatever. I'm from the north of England. I'm going to sound like it. Uh, and I think that her flaunting, her, well, not flaunting, or just like singing, allowing her accent to come through is a sign of the times. Yeah. And it's great. It's her own individual character. And anything that she can do to let that character come across helps, helps this record come across. This is a very branding song for her, yeah. right? Yeah, so it for, is. So track one is about Oliver Paul, and now this is her debut full length. Yeah. Right? And this is her songs that she's, you know, kind of hidden and brought out and, mm-hmm. and is showing her band and subsequently all of us almost at once because, you know, she showed it the band, they put it on tape, and now we get to hear that. So we're, it's being revealed to everybody all at once. And this one is about her, and it's, it's defiant, but it pulls you along. 
uh, you know, I mean, the chorus. Put me on a pedestal. Put me on a pedestal. I'll only disappoint you. Tell me I'm exceptional. I promise to exploit <laughs> so you. Great. Give me all your money, and I'll make some origami, honey. So good. I yeah. think you're a joke, but I don't find you very far. I mean, so endlessly catchy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's defiant, but at the same time, it's desperately self-deprecating. Yeah. Uh, the song is called "Pedestrian at Best," and you have to wonder, like. Is she describing him yeah. or her in this case or right, whatever, right. you know, or is it about herself? Right. Um, and she's clearly very self-deprecating through everything. Um, I love you. I hate you. I'm on the fence. It all depends, you know, up or down. Uh, you know, she's singing it to someone else, but it's really more about herself than whoever man or woman that she's singing to. Um, uh, I love the fact that it's both defiant and vulnerable. Uh, I think that's a really interesting thing. Music of this level of thrash uh, is tends to be really aggressive. Yeah. Uh, but she brings all of that Back and takes it her. internally. Yes. And it's anxiety. Yes. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, yeah, she, it's an internal grappling that she's letting us in on. Yeah. Oh, man, I lo- it's so... I, I just... I bought it immediately. I was like, okay, I'm fully into this person. Yeah, me too. You know? And uh, the whole rest of the album supports it, obviously. But um, yeah, I couldn't have been happier. Here. Yeah, it is a bit of a thesis. Yeah. Uh, let's see anything else about that. You know, I just, yeah, it's really fun. Um. <laughs> and then we drop into some cool kind of retreat where she is just sympathetic. Yeah. And... Um, and again, rife with details. Very comforting mm-hmm. and uh, very human, very accessible, all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, illustration of Loneliness is really gorgeous at times. It is. So she manages to go from this like angry, punk, defiant, screw everything. Yeah. To this beautiful little, you know, identifiable moment of just kind of content sadness and that's where you really see that she's not just a poet or a writer she's uh you know she music is where it's at for her Mm -hmm. she puts emotion across in song um and so she does so well in pedestrian at best exhibiting this really out there like unapologetic anxiety like look this is me and all my blech right and then illustration of loneliness it it is really introverted she brings it all even farther in uh, and has this tender moment where she's in her place, but her mind is somewhere else. Yeah. And it, it's beautifully rendered. Yeah. I'm realizing just now that I feel like this mu- this album is, if there is a structure to it, if there is a grand epic vision to it, it's a mix that she has made for us, right? It follows along the kind of tracks that I would be looking for if I was making a mix for a significant other or a best friend or something, you know, if I'm trying to put together a collection of songs, so we get this sort of like really solid start, then we amp it up a little bit, and then we get into probably the coolest song on the album. Probably the most like, well... (laughs) One of them. Yeah, and I mean to say, I don't mean cool, I mean like... No, I get it. 
Yeah, laid back kind of cool. Yeah. You know, like... Oh, that's wicked laid back. Yeah. And, but in a like really nice, easygoing way, it has sort of an assertive groove to it. But There's it keeps a- you interested. It keeps you curious, right? Yep. Um, it keeps you engaged in the music because the, the following song is a little bit even... It, it kind of takes it down a oh, notch. But up and down. But we'll get to there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking of you too. Uh, it, it just has a really nice, easy feel. It's a really nice, catchy chorus. Uh, it gets you identifying with the place that she's in and the mood that she's in. I mean, I feel like we've all been there in one uh, way or another where you're focused on where you are, but at the same time, your, your mind's far away. And, so my question about this track is, she's thinking of you too. Mm. Um, she's not thinking of Bono in The Edge. She's, <laughs> she's thinking of you too. Is she, is she saying that she's doing all these things and also thinking of you? Or is she assuming that as she is doing all these things, the you is thinking of her? Is that the chorus? I'm thinking of you too. No, I get it. Like, like you are thinking of me. And like, I've interpreted the, the latter, obviously, uh, the whole time. Because the way she, this is the first thing that she has sort of flat out sung. Yeah. Right? Yeah. She's sort of spoken a lot. She shouted a lot. Mm-hmm. She's kind of, you know, angry and whatever. She's getting it out. And then all of a sudden, she pops up in the middle of, you know, just at that first chorus. And she only does it once that first time. Thinking of you too. And just lets that sit. Yeah. While the groove goes on. And I think I think it's it's almost this like, I mean, you know, if I've ever had a crush on somebody... Uh, and I'm and I've been in that kind of a situation, counting all the cracks backwards in my best French. I speak Spanish, but whatever. <laughs> um, you know, wondering what they're doing, which she actually says at the end, um, is what's on my mind. Like I'm here. I know you're somewhere else. Which corner of the moon are you looking at? The notion that that person would be thinking of me at the same time is the most exciting notion. And I think that's what she's singing to. That's that lovely. Yeah. yeah. I, I totally buy into that. Yeah. Absolutely. That it's was this, cert- It's this gift, right? Mm-hmm. You know that there's like this special thing, even though you're not close. Yeah. That you're thinking about each other. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I totally buy that. And it's cool. It's her, it's her being like, hey, listen, I'm on to you. I'm thinking of you too. Yeah, I'm thinking of you too. I know you're thinking. Yeah. I know it's so much, I'm not even going to sing that. Yeah. I'm going to sing that I'm also thinking of you. Mhm. Right? Like maybe she got a text thinking of you. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I I'd like to think that she didn't get a text. Right. And just anyway. like doesn't need it. Right. She doesn't need the text. But yeah, that's that what I'm saying. That connection is there. Yeah, exactly. And so wherever I am, yeah. you know yeah. that this connection is here because we're both thinking of each other at the same time. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, and really good guitar part, stunt guitar player really coming in. Um, it's a really catchy riff that happens over there. Totally. Really nice music. Like it's a it's a steady groove and, and feels good. It's cool as shit, man. And then segues to what I think is a monster track on this record. Small okay. small poppies. This one I think is the coolest. Wow, all right. Um I I thought about it like, you know, I have a daughter who who's who's nine and has some musical inclinations, and not that this is a conversation that would ever happen, but of course, electronic music is very popular, and and uh, guitar sales are dwindling. <laughs> is that right? 
they're 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 dropping. Okay. Uh, you know, both Fender and uh 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 Gibson yep. uh you know are on the ropes and and uh you know sales are going down and huh. and if people are learning music, they're using using their computer and learning Fruity Loops and right. and Ableton Live and and things like that. And I feel like <laughs> if ever came a time where and, and I believe me, I'm a huge fan of electronic music. Like I've, I'm a, sure. I'm a synth player, I'm a keyboard yeah. player. Like I'm a, one of my first favorite records was Jean Michel Jarre from the '70s. Like I'm a massive electronic music nerd. Uh-huh. But I love people playing together. Yeah. Um. There's nothing more magical than musicians coming together and yeah. playing a tune. Yeah. Um. And so if it ever happened where there was the question posed to me, like, should I, like play guitar and like be in a band or should I learn the keyboards and you know you can make albums in your bedroom your whole life but this song I think is such a thesis statement for today accessible to young people like what you can accomplish if it's you and your pals in your garage wow because it it's what you get when you have a, a group of musicians rising and falling with yeah. your energy yeah boom 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 it starts out really Kind of chill. Yep. Uh, stunt guitar guy sounds a little like Steve Ray Vaughan. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's got that Texas flood. Yeah. Kinda, yeah. Bit of that kind yeah. of vibe to it. Yeah. And then it's you know like yes. they start to really thrash away at her energy. And it just builds so awesomely. Yeah. And there's this killer. I mean, like ridiculous guitar solo. I mean, it's absurd. Yeah. But it works. And if you know, it's one of these places. I know I've I've said this a few times already, but like, drop the needle or your like little playlist slider at the beginning of the song, and then slide it over two thirds, and it's completely different energy. Yeah. And so I feel like this song is such a demonstration of like the mastery and power of having someone with a, a something that they want to do with a band mm-hmm. and a song to help carry that across. And so I just love the performance aspects of the song. It's bluesy. Um, it's it's one of her sweetest vocals. Yeah, this is one of those songs where she really demonstrates that she has some vocal chops, as opposed to just being you know an air horn, you yeah, know, totally. singing above a loud band. Yeah, um, you know, there's moments of sweetness, and then there's moments of angst. Yeah, and then she lets the band just kind of thrash, and then it drops back. I make mistakes until I get it right. It's a shuffle. It, yeah. It's awesome. It I is love really great. the song. Yep. I think it is a killer. And it would be one that would be awesome to hear late in the set. We're already warmed up and primed and hot and sweaty. Yeah. And then the band just drops into this and you're like, yeah. Yeah. Well, and again, to, I think to that point, it's perfectly placed in the album. It is. Uh, it's, it's pretty much right in the middle. Yeah. Uh, and it is... A lengthier track, I think, than most. It is. It is. Um, it certainly comes across that oh, way, yeah, whether yeah. or not it's a it, bit of a journey. Yeah, yeah. It takes a little patience, this track, for sure. But it wants you to. I like the flow. end of the track way more than I like the beginning. But oh, okay. I think the overall effect. I, I'm totally sold on what you're saying. Again, I, you can't have the darkness without the light. You exactly. can't have the big without the small. Yep. So it, it's a emotion takes time. It, it no question. Yeah. No and question. and and she really delivers it. Uh, it, she is a the you know the master of her band. Yeah. Uh, and it comes across in this tune. So I don't know. This is this to me is the is the biggest standout track on this record for everything that it accomplishes. It's it is fantastic. I'll have to give it another listen with that in mind. You yeah. definitely sold me on that. Thinking it's just a game. It's like mm, it's such a nice little like lilt that she puts at the end of the vocal there. And then it just yeah, and I for an I for an I. I mean, I want to hear 
other musicians that I like, especially guitar players, covering this too. Yeah. You know, it would be yeah. an awesome cover. I, and I think, you know, now thinking about everything you said about this track really puts Depressed in the next track in an interesting light for me because I feel like yep. Depressed in is like a hangover almost from everything that we've gone through during Small Poppies. I absolutely agree with that. And if you're talking about a playlist, a mixtape, yeah. it is the perfect follow-on from this song. Yeah. Because if, you if don't the, want another one at that level. No, you couldn't. And, <laughs> and if there's a gap, if there's a second side to the album, I think we're picking it up here with Depreston. Oh, interesting, yeah. Um, you know, there's a full stop there that in, in some ways, every other song has sort of handed itself off. But that, Small Poppies has kind of ended, and then Depreston sort of picks up out of nowhere with that. You said we should go out further. It's a different feel entirely. It's still a, mellow. Total context shift. But it is a song, very sung instead of spoken and meandering. So Small Poppies is kind of reminding me now of some really nice John Lennon, lesser Beatles tracks or less popular Beatles tracks like, uh, I don't know, like, Yes, I'm lonely. Oh, you're blues. That's exactly what gonna I was going to say. Gonna try. Yes, I'm lonely. That are raw. Yeah. Just kind of goes wherever it wants to go. Yeah. Um, and is messy. Yes. But is gorgeous and, and pure and and um, emotionally grounded. Um, yep. And, and and it all stops because Depreston is like a radio sing, sing, uh, single. In a way. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely quirky. It's another singer-songwriterly type song. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, and it's... Let's just take a moment to think about the fact that this was an album that was created post-albums. Um, right. Right. Know, there is no side one. There is no, no side, side two. two. It's a series of songs. It's right. going to be as long or as short as she wants it to be. Right. Um, so I... I did listen to it as just a series. As do I. Uh, but it's interesting to think that there you know, there certainly is a break in energy here where you can feel like that very definitive shift between Small Poppies and Depreston. Yeah. But I, I'd just like to note the fact that, you know, while we're jumping around decades from episode to episode, it's interesting to contemplate, like, what the context was in uh, when a particular artist was composing their series. And this is one series. Yeah. Without those arbitrary... Break. Not a side A, side B. Yeah. Um, and yet, Depreston is a reset in, in a lot of ways. And um, gosh, that, that little lick, do-do-do-do-do, you know, I, I almost spend the whole song waiting to get sick of that, and I just never do. It's no. like It's like Sweet Home Alabama or something, you know what I mean? It's just this really classic little progression yeah, and uh, I never ever get enough of it, uh, and all of the details of this house hunt that she sort of mocks and yet elevates with every lyrical lick. I mean, there's just so many little details. Uh, you know, we've done a little bit of house hunting, uh, my wife and I. You've done house hunting, certainly. Sure. Um, and these are phrases that you've said or we've said, you know, that realtors certainly have said. Yeah. Um, the wacky details that you yeah. see and how it, it, I feel like it's really a song about, OK, trying to make the best of a non-ideal situation. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, always kind of having one eye on what it could be or what your life could be if you've got 
A spare half a million, you could knock it down and start rebuilding. She's talking about the house. She's talking about her life. Right. It, it's they're both. Do you feel this... like this is a happy relationship she's in? No, this, this character's in. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, not really. Um, I, I think it's someone who's not really committed and is looking at the flaws and being like, "Yeah, I'm here. Like, I'm here for now." Yeah. Uh, it would be great if I had a way to not necessarily be here, but I need that half a million in order to make that happen. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think of of a series of clear pictures. This one is the clearest. It is. Um, and it's well-situated for that. Yeah. It's got a lot of stark little details. And a lot of musical moments. I mean, it's uh, she's taking the harmonics in a slightly different direction using that so-called lazy F where you have like the little major sevenths happening. Like everything is a little bit more open and airy. Let and, me hear that. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's like <laughs> a... I mean, we've heard this a million times in, you know, yeah. classic rock and that sort of thing. It's like a, a guitar player cliche, but instead of that, you know, it's, the, yeah. Yeah. it's, it's a little, it's a, it's thicker. Yeah. There's more complexity to it. Uh, and so I feel like it, there's a certain amount of what it speaks to me of is maturation. Uh, and maybe a, well, that's the subject of the song, yeah, exactly. isn't it? Exactly, a level yeah. of maturation that you're not really psyched about necessarily. Yeah. Well, so we it's don't wistful. need all it's, these coffee shops. Yeah, complex. Yeah, like right. hey, I'm making my own lattes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's good, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not so sure. Maybe the coffee shop. I'm saving twenty three dollars a week. I'm like, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> so psyched. And it is, um, you know, it might take you off track. I mean, it's you've come a long way by the end of Depressed In from Oliver Paul. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it, it's you've covered a lot, yeah, a really lot have. of ground. You really have. And, you know, she could lose me there, I suppose, but she certainly does not because Aqua Profunda <laughs> is just <laughs> absurd. And she's like, don't forget, this album is about fun. Yeah. You know, it's a very clear statement to me. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, the strangest romance, the strangest sort of missed connection. From lane to lane in the swimming pool. Yeah. I know. Uh, so funny. There's a few swimming references in this record. Um, that's not the only swimming reference. Uh, and uh, yeah, she's <laughs> unapologetically self-deprecating and right. feeling awkward and feeling like, you know, whatever. You know, earlier on in the record, she's she's talking about how she will exploit someone, and in this one, she's the one that's that's feeling vulnerable. I don't know. I, I like that about her. It paints a full picture. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's really fun. I, <laughs> and I think of it all the time now because I'm taking my son to swim lessons every Saturday morning, and ah. there's there's a little pool where we uh, at the Kennedy Pool in Somerville where we swim with the kids, and then next to it is a big lane pool where people are always doing laps, and I'm always kind of half looking for Courtney Barnett. <laughs> That's great. That's hilarious. Yeah. With her frizzy hair. Right. And no skin cap, uh, swim cap, I guess. I don't know. But <laughs> right. I love it. It's just, a, she, uh, yeah, she's telling a little story. Yeah. Um, and it's just a moment, a, a, a vignette. Um, and then she segues into Dead Fox. Uh, you know, she jumps around. You know, because here, this is very, I feel like very domestic uh, in some ways, this song. Uh, also very paranoid about the future. And it gets into one of her other themes about like, you know, worried about the environment and worried about uh, the future. Well, Dead Fox is the is the song that hints at her whole next album because it's got actual issues. 
it's got sort of larger than her uh, things on its mind. Yeah. Right. Or larger than whatever the picture is. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, it's a little scattered. Um, and it's probably the most, did I say already that there was a radio friendly single? I mean, maybe this Preston, one? but this one I think is up there as well. It's got a bit of a Motown feel in some yep. ways. And then she mentions Jen, who I think is her partner from what I read. Oh yeah. Um, but if you can't see me, I can't see you. And then you hear the male vocals in the background, right? Which you don't really hear since uh, the first tune. Um, you know, there. Yeah, she, her, her bass player and her drummer both uh, sing backups for her on tour. Uh, yeah. So she uses the phrase "culling cars" instead of "sharks." Does she? Does culling? I didn't look it up. I should have. Do you? Are you assuming that culling means like kill, like collecting, or like keeping a? Um, a tab on the populations. She says, uh, more people die on the road than they do in the ocean. Maybe we should mull over culling cars instead of sharks. Yes. Um, so it must mean like controlling the population. Controlling up, cutting yeah. down on. Yeah, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, or just lock them up in parks where we can go and view them. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's just... It's, yeah. She's... <laughs> she, and, and the next album, uh, the more recent one that came out a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago is loaded with sort of more large social topics along these lines. So this yes. is this is the real window to the next album. Right, that she's thinking about bigger things. Yeah. And then nobody really cares if you don't go to the party, which, I mean, is a fun sort of um-tempo jam. I feel like this is one that you write to kind of fill out your set with some other big songs. Uh, you know, it's not one that really grabbed me, except that it's, it's one that I've definitely hummed to myself at various random times uh, walking down the hall. I want to go out, but I want to stay home. Great harmonies. Yeah, it's yep. fun. It's, it's a fun tune. I, I feel like it's pretty fluffy. I think this is the second one that she did at SNL. Um, oh, okay. I, I never remember it when I just think about SNL, but as I'm listening to it, I yeah. I think that's what she did. Mm -hmm. um, and again, we are taken into this sort of mundane emotion uh, that we are all familiar with, and it is elevated. It is given this status by this song that um, you know allows people to feel pride in it. It's true. Rather than what they might normally feel like, oh God, I, it's I suck. I just don't want to do anything right now. You know, <laughs> I like just stay like home. here's an anthem for that person. Yeah, I know exactly. You don't right? have to feel bad about right. it. Just it's be you. Oh, that's you know that's cool. That's it's fantastic. Yeah, that makes me feel better about yeah. it. I feel this is the part in the album where I start to just sort of my attention sort of drifts a little bit. I'm glad that it's still yeah. up tempo. Yeah. Um, I I just feel like I'm I'm starting to get restless at this point in the record. Um. Like I, I'm glad that there's a few up tempo ones in a row, because uh, I, you know, I, I, I need that to stay hooked at this point. <laughs> uh, maybe I'm, maybe it's just my desire and craving variety uh, that uh, you know it starts to feel samey here. Um, yeah, this album uh, is a very listenable background album, and I think. The, that it only finished so I think it's strong in if you want to tune into it very close mm -hmm. from the beginning um, whether you want to tune into the lyrics or the music or the production whichever aspect you want to focus in on or if you want to just take them all in and really check out the balance of all three yeah. I think it's very strong from the beginning and I think it only necessarily finishes out this is what I was referring to earlier the last three four songs only finish strong in a background listening kind of way. Got it. I, and and but 
that may be because I am how old I am. Right. And and because of the things that I have going on and because I don't have the time <laughs> that record time is designed to bring about yeah. to just sit and listen to a whole album. Right. And, um, you know, unlike the suburbs and Willie Nelson, because it was so short, um, it just doesn't hold me through that whole time. I do start to get a little restless in the same way that now when I sit down to watch a football game, you know, within a little while, I'm kind of checking my phone and thinking maybe I should throw some laundry in and all that stupid bullshit that because I'm a dad and because I'm older and you know, I'm not a 25 year old person who's just riding around listening to albums like I used to, you know, we used to in that time and who knows? Yeah. So I think it it might hit us better if we were there, but I do think it it still finishes strong. Like there's no part of this album that makes me want to turn it off. No, not at all. And it's still a catchy tune. And if I, if I were to see her live and again, I, I, we mentioned in the last episode that she was playing house of blues, missed it. Damn. Parental responsibilities. Indeed. Um, However, it's this is a great set. Yeah. Yes. And I would be psyched for this whole thing in a live environment. Well, and again, it, it that reminds me again of this this idea of it as a mix. This yeah. is a mixtape. It's a mixtape. From her to us. Right. Right. Yeah. But I really like Debbie Downer, and I feel like it's the right kind of ear candy for where it is in the record. Uh, it's really fun. Uh, you bring in that organ part. Um, it's still, again, thank goodness, up tempo, so I can get reengaged and, and and stay focused in it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I and it and it it's more of her personality and character. Sure, it's probably my least favorite musically. Yeah. Um, because it's a little simplistic. Don't stop. It sounds like a ton of other, you know, musically, it does sound like a ton of other songs. Yeah, and this is where I feel like this is a young record. She's at yeah. the early stage in her career. But her lyrics really save it for me. I love the lyrics to this and one. And a catchy hook. It's It's got a catchy hook. It's got a catchy chorus. I mean, she's quite literally saying, don't stop listening. I'm not finished yet. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty like, Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. You, you got me. I, you, yeah, I'm back. You, you have earned my, yeah, you yeah. have earned your credibility and my attention thus far. Let's keep it going. And then I really feel like she earns it with Kim's Caravan. I think yeah. Kim's Caravan is second to Small Poppies wow. for its level of just like utter devastation of your soul. Um, this song is very raw. Um, it is very unapologetic. Uh, I think it is is emotion laid bare. Mm-hmm. Um, again, this would be like if I were to see this in, live in a set, this one would utterly slay me, especially if it was come across well, if it was late in the set. This is a barn burner song. Uh, I can imagine in a live context. And I, I, I think it's awesome. I think that this is a a hole in my swing. Oh. Do you know about that phrase? No, I don't. Okay. So if there's a great baseball hitter, Right. Um, sometimes, like David Ortiz, let's say, and I'm sure there was a hole in his swing, but pitchers will often identify, will sometimes be able to identify with a, a guy who can otherwise hit the cover off the ball, a spot at which they can throw the ball that they just can't mechanically get to. It's called, referred to as a hole in their swing. Okay. Okay. Now, for me, There's a hole in my swing when it comes to enjoying music. And that hole is ambling vocals that may well land like this song, 
but just sort of seemed to float without any kind of uh, anchor in the scan. Or a structured melody. Structured melody, yeah. Like, I, I just, I have trouble attaching myself to those kinds of songs. Interesting. And one of the best examples in my life uh, that I've gotten past is Billy Bragg, who my wife introduced me to. Yeah. He's a huge yes. favorite of mine. But for a long time, listening to him, he's got a lot of songs like this where he's just, he's playing something on guitar and he's also singing and they sometimes barely seem related. <laughs> and he brings them together at the right time and it sells the song and it's obviously very, very good and I've gotten past that. Mm -hmm. But it takes me a while to warm up often to songs like that. Totally and fair. This is, this is a... a obviously a big example of one of those types of very songs. well so, described so it's a hole in my swing for sure mm -hmm. but uh it is gorgeous uh it reminded me as we were just listening to it which i've never really made the connection before of uh the doors the end oh this absolutely um which i love totally. which has a lot of that yeah very and much a relationship a, with that song a, yeah a very very epic song obviously we, we know about the uh, connection to apocalypse now but it stands on its own um uh, as well. And so, yeah. Uh, I mean, she's a 20, you know, <laughs> the Black Crows, to me, some of the songs they wrote on their first couple of albums when they were incredibly young kids blow me away. And the fact that she is operating at this level, uh, creating songs like this, where she's able, I, I guess for me, artistically, I like, I can't even connect with how somebody creates a song like that that doesn't have that kind of a vocal anchor mm -hmm. all i am is a singer i'm not a musician um so your musicians well <laughs> you know what i'm saying i know what you're saying yeah and so to me like i need to fit in i need to fit that into something and the idea that i could just wander around in uh, a song is scary i guess well, well then we have to play with that because you're also an improviser it's so true. That is that is this is a musical version of that sort of improvisatory gift. It's true. You have a okay, I have this bed. It's a really simple kind of melodic structure. I was just kind of jamming out on it because it yeah. sounds great. Yeah. Um and I I imagine this song started from the joy or the angst or the emotional outlet that came from singing whatever anything yeah over that simple bed yeah uh and it probably grew out of that i, I don't know i don't yeah. know what came first i don't i'm not sure it's hard to tell uh, from her as a songwriter what which comes first the lyrics of the music or is it both composed together or whatever yeah. and that but, that lack of clarity yeah. um or, or, or yeah that lack of clarity gives me anxiety a little bit interesting from a from a kind of sussing things out standpoint sure that said kind of back to my point about not having the kind of time for an album that ends this way that I wish I had mm. um, back when I was younger. Uh, not that I wish I had that now, that was so great to have had and that yeah. I now don't have. Um, you know, I could listen to that song for a long time. I mean, if that was just on in the background, as I was saying before, like this album ends well yes. as just an album that's on. Yeah. If I was kind of doing other stuff and, uh, you know, or just kind of waiting for something, you know, waiting for somebody to get here or waiting to be picked up to go somewhere else or whatever it might have been. <laughs> what the hell did we do back then? Yeah. Whatever those I things don't remember. were, this would be a great soundtrack to that. A great soundtrack to that. Because it's, huh. it's high quality all the way through. But 
in a time where I'm sort of like listening for something, it makes me a little anxious. It makes me want a little bit more. So it doesn't it doesn't end with the kind this album doesn't hold through to the end with the kind of energy it promises at the beginning. But I think it's still high quality. Which is in a way that I have a little bit more trouble connecting with right now for me. I don't argue with that. Yeah. I I, I think it might be a similar situation with the niggling issues that we had with the suburbs where we yeah. just wanted a little bit of editing. Maybe yeah. there's one song too many on this record. And maybe this song would stick better for you if it came a little sooner. Or maybe if it was the last song. Right. Because I feel like there's a twin. I feel like we started with a one-two punch that is just a total knockout. Yeah. And I think we're ending on a maybe slightly unnecessarily mellow one-two mm, punch. Okay. So maybe if I had just That's one of those fair. or the other, maybe I wouldn't be quite so concerned about it. Not to say that I don't love each song as for what they are, mm-hmm. but what I'm thinking about is a full album, Yeah. as I've said. And again, by then you just might be a little bit fatigued and ready to yeah. have it buttoned up. And the the thing that you don't want right now is kind of a lengthy thing because yeah. yeah. you're like, I'm a, I'm a little bit done. Yeah. Um, I've expended the energy and emotional fortitude or whatever in order to get through this. And now I've been you're, in you're, this album for a while. Yeah, now. you're asking me yeah. to go through this journey with yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Pretty late. Yeah. So I think to your point, maybe sooner. Yeah. Maybe maybe if it was just the last thing, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but again, I, I can't reiterate enough, that is really a function of me where I'm at right now. There's no part of me that believes that any of these songs are low quality. <laughs> yeah. You know? Right. But ed- editing, I think, is really important and really interesting. Yep. Uh, and everyone has their own experience with the record. And, and, and I feel similarly in, in that I feel like at this point, I, it does feel like one too many. Um, I, it, it's hard for me to to say like, oh, you should cut this one because none of them feel inferior. Right. Uh, it's a it's a wonderful situation to be in to have too many good songs uh, to to put on a record. But it does feel like, I mean, I love this song and I I think it's a really great performance. Um, it is a slow burner, mm-hmm. and so it really starts out very mellow and it is kind of a psychedelic kind of breakdown kind of tune. It does remind me. I hadn't thought of the Doors until you mentioned it, but yeah. 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 That is an absolute antecedent to this tune. Yeah. Um I I I in fact like this uh exertion of that a little bit better just because I'm not the biggest Jim Morrison fan, but that's my own thing. Right. Um uh I well, feel like this, her this never gets as sort of aggressive as, no. as the end. And, and her and no and her right, exactly. Yeah. And her message is really heartrending yes. and and it, she she references nature and and the and the the advantages that we take with nature, and then she she associates it with herself. Take what you want from me. Yeah, that is a that's a brutal thing to hear. Yeah. Um, and and maybe I'm I'm sure that that's probably colored by me being a man in 2018. Sure. And hearing and listening to women and and all of the different points of view that I've been taking in over the last year, especially. Uh, I have a lot of empathy for for that message, and you know, she this album came out before all that, and here she sounds very raw, and she sounds very open, and 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 as if she very vulnerable, very vulnerable, yeah. and and it's it's a really powerful message to me to equate uh, human vulnerability and fear of being taken advantage of with the Great Barrier Reef. Yeah, it, it it's very visceral. Yeah. Um, and and so I, I think there's a lot of power to it. And then to put it with this slow burner jam that builds and builds and builds yep. and then drops again. Yep. 
it's a wonderful command of the band. It's a wonderful command of the energy. I, I don't know. I just, I think it's devastating. Um, yeah, it's really powerful. Uh, it, I, it gets a lot of emotion out of me. And I'm, I like to be taken on a journey like that. I sure. agree that the, I'm a little bit spent at this point in the album to have my full energy there. Yeah, ravaged <laughs> that way. Especially because there's yeah. a song about a party. And yeah. there's a, you know, there's, yeah, yeah. She's all over the map in terms of her energy and, and what she writes about. So then this song comes along and it's a little bit of a sucker punch. I think... Uh, I like the idea of having it earlier. I I think I've actually solved the album. Mm. Do you remember uh, Kerosene Hat by Cracker? Uh, I'm going to have to listen to it. All right. There's a track buried 40 minutes or something after the last track in Kerosene Hat. And it's uh, it's a great, great song. It's... Uh, uh, oh, jeez. Euro Trash Girl. Oh, do you remember Euro I Trash do Girl? Euro it's Trash. like 30 minutes after the last track. There's like tw- there's like 20 30 second silent tracks on this CD and then it does Euro Trash right. Girl. It's like a 9 minute song or something. If Boxing Day Blues was buried 30 minutes after 30 minutes of silence after Oh my god. I, I think it solves the album. You think like having if a Boxing comes- Day Blues was just a hidden track. It it sort of elevates it and sort of carves it away from the, the, the album that does feel perhaps one track too long. Huh. Um, so if I was going to remix this album, you know what I would do? Huh. I, I would put a 30-minute pause <laughs> <laughs> after the end <laughs> of Kim's Caravan and uh, hide Boxing Day Blues as a secret little track that I only caught every once in a while when I forgot to stop it. That's hilarious. Yeah. That's hilarious. Or like Her Majesty at the end of uh, yeah. Abbey Road. Exactly. Yeah. Because <laughs> it does feel like a little bit of an afterthought. Like, yeah. boop. Yeah. It, I, do, I am ready to be done after. Yes. Um, and certainly after what Kim's Caravan does to you, that feels like the end of an album. And maybe I'm interpreting it completely wrong. And maybe she's taking it from somewhere else. But uh, the, her level of vulnerability and the level of emotional rise and the association with the Great Barrier Reef and that those... Uh, thoughts about you know being taken advantage of and being abused and ah oh, it it's so raw um and so it's weird you're right I need a break yeah I'm not ready for a message of a weird kind of in, in insecure relationship or whatever that boxing if day that blues. if that little gap was there Boxing Day Blues becomes a gift rather than a um, chore. Not right. a chore. That's way too harsh. No, no, no. But a gift rather than another thing to have to do now, yeah. that, now that the album is ostensibly over. You're right. Yeah. It's a weird context shift to do at 11 minutes and <laughs> yeah. 59 seconds. <laughs> yeah. That's the wrong uh, um, time quotient. But yeah, I know what you mean at, the yeah. very, at this very late hour, because yeah. I, I do need a break after, after uh, Kim's Caravan. But man, yeah. uh, it's really tiny little complaint on what is a super, super fun and super listenable album. I mean, I could, I have no trouble kind of starting this album over once again. Yeah. Uh, you know, especially the way it starts off. Absolutely. Um, the first three, four, five tracks are just so, so listenable, so cool, so different. 
Um, and I want to dig into her new album more. I, I oh, was preparing do. for this and for next week's episode, so I didn't really dig too deep. But now I feel like I wanna I wanna follow her career. Like I want to see where she goes. I yeah. admire her talent. I admire her ability. Um, I hope if she does come around again, you know, maybe we'll go see her. Like I'm yeah, excited like to. to see the rock mantle handed to the millennials and see what they do with it. It's yeah. wonderful to go into a bar nowadays and hear Led Zeppelin on the radio and people enjoying it unapologetically, yes. you know, like unironically, yeah, like totally let's just celebrate rock music and bands playing together and using that medium to get emotion across. And based on this album, I trust her to take them out. I do too. I, um, I'm enthusiastic and I'm a, I'm a total cheerleader. Um, you know, again, it's, it's not perfect. It's a, it's an, it's an early record. Um, but, it, um, she really, uh, has a lot to say and she's in great command. I'd her, put this up craft. again. I mean, you know, we've talked about how she had an EP prior, but I'd put this up against a whole hell of a lot of debut albums. Uh, and Agreed. I, I mean, there's, there's not a lot, it doesn't leave a lot to be desired from no. a, from a debut album perspective, no, from any doesn't. kind of album perspective, but certainly from a debut album. Yeah. Uh, very, very impressive. So enjoy. So keep rocking. Yeah. Courtney. You mentioned next week. What are we, what are we thinking about for next week? <laughs> next week, another, speaking of context shift, yeah. uh, decades, genres, everything. Uh, we're going to flip it over to a tribe called West. Yeah, we are going to do the low end theory. Yeah. Uh, we are going to take it on track by track. We're going to try and find a track to cover. So um, we'll see you next week. We're looking forward to it. Thanks for listening as always. Yeah, thanks for hanging out. Uh, this is record time, and we're going to close it out with our cover of Illustration of Loneliness. Think about you too. I lay awake at four, staring at the wall, counting all the cracks backwards in my best French. Reminds me of a book I skim read in a surgery, all about palmistry. I wonder what's in store for me. I pretend the plaster is the skin on my palms, and the cracks are representative of what is going on. I lose a breath. My love line seems intertwined with death I'm thinking of you too I lay awake at three Staring at the ceiling It's a kind of off-white Maybe it's a cream There's oily residue Dipping from the kitchen, it's hot deco, necromatic chic. All the dinner plates are kids with Irish wolfhounds, French baguettes wrapped loose around their necks. I think I'm hungry. I'm thinking of you too. I'm thinking of you too. I'm thinking of you too. I'm thinking of you too Wondering what you're doing What you're listening to Which quarter of the moon You're viewing from your bedroom Watching all the movies Drinking all the smoothies Swimming at the pool 